Today on This Week Health. You think about healthcare, you think about technology and workflow, that's kind of what we're talking about on the rocket scientist side, is like 15%, 85% getting the people, be it a provider, be it a patient, be it a staff member, right, to properly utilize a tool, to maximize a tool, is really the harder part. Welcome to This Week Health Community. Town Hall is our show hosted by leaders on the front lines with interviews of people making things happen in healthcare with technology. My name is Bill Russell. I'm creator of This Week Health, a set of channels dedicated to keeping health IT staff current and engaged. For five years now, we've been making podcasts that amplify great thinking to propel healthcare forward. We want to thank our show partners for investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders. Now, on to today's show. Welcome to the This Week Health Community Town Hall Conversation. I'm Reed Steffen, VP and CIO at St. Luke's Health System in Boise, Idaho. And I'm joined today by Ray Lowe, Senior Vice President and CIO at Altamed Health Services in California. Ray, welcome and thanks for making the time. Oh, thanks, Stephen. And thank you to This Week in Health for including me. You got it. Will you take just a minute, Ray, and share just a little bit about Altamed for our listeners who may not be familiar with who you are and where you are? Yeah. Yeah, thank you. So Ultimed is a Los Angeles-based healthcare provider. We are primarily a Medicaid provider, and we really focus in community, community health. We're an FQHC, federally qualified healthcare center, and we've also grown to do managed care, senior services, PACE programs. So we've kind of evolved for being an FQHC, providing much-needed services in rural and urban areas into more of an integrated Medicaid delivery network. Okay. How long have you been there? I've been, I've only been here five years in January of next year. Okay. One of the questions I love to ask guests on these shows is just to share a bit about your own career path. Take just a minute and for our listeners, share your education background, your career journey that led you to where you are today. Well, thank you. So by classical training, I have two degrees in engineering, both from the University of Southern California. I actually have an electrical engineering degree. I also have a master's in engineering management. Early in my career, I worked in aerospace. So I was actually a rocket scientist and moved to the first dot-com era. Then I went to Kaiser Permanente. After that, I was at Kaiser for 10 years. I worked at Providence for three, I oversaw five hospitals. Moved to Catholic Health Tour West, Dignity Health, Common Spirit, pick your name of choice for that organization. I ran their $2 billion surgery implementation, the technology transformation. And in 2018, I came to Ultimate as our CIO. Okay. A rocket scientist. You're the first one that I've interviewed on this show. So a question for you. At UGM, Judy had a t-shirt and it said, HIT is like rocket science, only harder. True or false? Ooh, that's a good one. It's, oh, I think it's harder. Actually, I think it's harder. In rocket scientists, I got to think about like lunar landings and going around the moon, all that stuff they're talking about that Elon Musk is doing again. They have very defined physics and math that define the ellipses and how you do things around there. And there's not a whole lot of change management in terms of, you know, you, you figure out what you're going to do, your launcher, your satellite, your rocket, and off you go. And all your telemetry gives you the information. You think about healthcare, you think about technology and workflow. That's kind of what we're talking about on the rocket scientist side is like 15%, 85% getting the people be it a provider, be it a patient, be it a staff member, right? To properly utilize a tool, to maximize a tool is really the harder part. So I would say I agree with Judy. 
right? When you look at how do you make people be effective with the technology versus doing like a pure technical kind of discovery analysis perspective from a rocket science point of view. That was awesome. I was just looking for true or false, but like that was a great answer. So thank you. Well done. Okay, let's talk just for a minute about FQHCs. I think you're an expert in this space. I am certainly not. Can you just share a little bit more about what those are, why they're important, just help our listeners who aren't familiar with them get a better sense of what it means? Sure. So FQHCs, so it stands for Federally Qualified Healthcare Centers. And FQHCs basically are located in your healthcare deserts. Your healthcare desert could be in the middle of a large city. Your healthcare desert can also be rural health. So where you don't have access to good quality healthcare. So for example, Ultimate, I think we celebrate our, we started in 1969 and we grew up in East Los Angeles as the East LA Free Body Clinic because there were no health services provided here. And we've grown right to provide services to anybody and everybody independent of their ability to pay. Mm-hmm. So if you have a need, you can come to an FQHC and you can be treated. And whether you can pay or not be paid, you will be treated, you know, for primary care type of services that are around. We cannot turn them away. HRSA oversees us, right? And we receive HRSA grants to enable us to provide both primary care as well as dental type services to these most needed community members. Okay. As you're describing that, I just think of health equity, and I just love that what you do helps to provide for that. But then I also think of, especially in this time when a lot of us are financially, there's headwinds we're facing. What are ways that you're using technology to deliver on the quadruple aim, but also to be viable and to make sure you have margin to continue to provide that equity? Yeah, so I got to go to the pandemic, let's say February 29th through 29th as a date of the pandemic in there. Many FQHCs, we didn't have elevated technology. We did not have mobile engagement platforms. What we provided is we provided access to patients in the community. And there, what COVID and the pandemic allowed us to do is we had to move to a mobile platform, a digital first strategy. And so opening up the availability of digital to underserved, low-income, non-English speaking, the essential workers. So we've all read in the press about the folks that could have been a poultry plant, manufacturing plant. They have to make a decision, right? Am I going to go to work sick and not make money and not be able to put food on my table? Or what are the choices around there? So I think that through the pandemic, through the technology advancements, for instance, just tele, which is so pervasive now, really provided a lot of access to people that were in need. That is the first part around there. I think the second part on FQHCs is we're fortunate that we're able to have Epic and that we're actually able to raise our quality and our quality measures in there and our CMS ratings and how we're doing in overall HEDIS measurements, how we're doing in outreach, how we're able to text folks. We use patient engagement strategies that include photo telenovelas. So when we're asking a native Spanish speaking person who may not understand why you need to come in for colorectal cancer screening, and we're able to simply send out, really it's like, it's like a comic that talks about it and educates them about okay. why you need to engage, right? It's, it's much easier for them to understand, right? And able to communicate. So again, you just go back three short years ago, we weren't doing that and we're doing that now. You know, from a provider perspective, best practice alerts, that are out there being able to do population health 
alignment. We've moved in terms of transitions of care of, of having our hospitalist programs define three levels of service as you know, our patients are leaving the hospitals. Whether we see them once a week, two weeks, or four times a week, whether we implement remote patient monitoring to them as well so we can monitor them for CHF or COPD so we can really move much further ahead in terms of intervention and quality care outcomes. All right. We're doing webinars a little different this year, as we have told you, got a lot of feedback from the community about what works, what doesn't work. We talked to our advisors, our CIO, CMIO advisors, and they said, hey, look, community-generated topics, great contributors, not product-focused. They want the questions ahead of time so that they can incorporate them into their answers. And they want a forum that is honest and open. And what we decided was once and done. If you're at the webinar, you get to hear the content. If not, it's not on demand. You don't get to download it later. We're going to do it on a consistent date and time. And our next one coming up is February 2nd. It is priorities for 2023. And this one is around academic medical centers. And we have some great leaders who are going to come in and discuss the priorities for 2023. We already have Donna Roach lined up. We have Dr. Michael Pfeffer with Stanford lined up. We're going to continue to just bring great content, community-generated topics, and keep the, the discussion going. If you have feedback, love to hear it. And if there is any questions you have, go ahead and fill out the registration form and you have a space there to give us your questions at a time. We want to make sure that we cover the topics that are of interest to you. Website, top right-hand corner, sign up today. Love to see you there. So as you're describing that a kind of multimodal digital front door, that method of access have you had any challenges with that underserved community that you reach out to? Do they have the devices and the broadband they need to take advantage of that? Or how have you had to kind of bridge that gap potentially? Yeah, I think everybody's talked about the digital deserts that are out there. And I mm -hmm. think that there are misnomers that folks have that low-income people don't have cellular devices. Mm -hmm. The answer is that's wrong. Okay. <laughs> if you look at a homeless person on the street, you know, odds are they probably do have a cellular device. They may not have an Apple iPhone 14. They may only have an Apple 4, right? But they're going to kind of jump on and, and be able to communicate with them in there. So I, I think that's one part in there that folks are connected, right? They may not be videoly rich connected mm -hmm. in there, but they do have the ability to text and do some talking texting around there. The other part, when you talk about on the digital desert and kind of like the broadband and the broadband bills that are out there to help people for the different carriers and centers that are provided in there, it's all well intended, but it's really interesting because as those are rolled out, there's like a small fee and then there's a tax in there. So it's not always free in terms of what's happening, but you kind of going to take it back to be able to communicate with the patient in there by being able to call them, do a telephonic video versus them having no alternative or going to the ED for an intervention, it really, again, helps to close the health equity gaps. If I can give you one other example, yeah. read on there. In California, this year, they launched a program called CalAIM and ECM, which is Enhanced Care Management. And it's really tied to Medicaid patient population and the top five utilizers in them. And oftentimes, they're homeless. They have mm -hmm. multiple chronic conditions. They have behavioral health issues. They may have drug dependency issues. And how do you find that patient population? How do you serve that patient population, right? And, and so Alameda Health in Northern California, Ultimate in Southern California, we're actually moving forward with care management and with our doctors in order to reach the patients. And honestly, a lot of it is through telephonic calls, right? Yeah. And then how do you talk to them? And 
it's a very hard patient population, but you have to be able to reach out to them and contact them. Yeah. So last question, as you look to the future, what technology or innovation are you most excited about that you think is going to really move the needle to allow you to enhance the quality of care and the reach that you provide today? It's really going to be how do we utilize our data? Mm -hmm. I think kind of engagement tools are defined, the messaging, the my chart availability, the portals around there. But I think where the gold is really is in the data, the association of the data, both acute ambulatory and they're doing the predictive analytics in there. You know, the ability for us to be able to understand who the patient is before they come to us so we can intervene with them more quickly and to monitor and manage it better. So to me, I'm looking at how do we actually utilize the data better? in there and how do we actually do that to intervene with the patient before they get there and have the outreach and then now how do we also put that data and that information at the fingertip of the providers yeah great my guest today has been ray Lowe, who's the senior vice president and cio at ultimate health services ray thank you for all the great work that you're doing there and thank you for taking a few minutes here this afternoon appreciate you thank you steve that's great i really love this show i love hearing from the people and the leaders on the front lines we want to thank our hosts who continue to support the community by developing this great content. If you want to support This Week Health, let someone know about our channels. We have three, This Week Health Conference, This Week Health Newsroom, and finally, the channel that you just listened to, This Week Health Community. Check them out today. You can find them wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify. You get the picture. We are everywhere. And you can also subscribe to our ongoing newsletter. It's at thisweekhealth.com. Go ahead and subscribe today. We also want to thank our show partners for investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders. Thanks for listening. That's all for now.